guys, welcome back to the podcast, and today I will be talking about the Zodiac Killer. Uh, let me start off with the, the Zodiac Killer is just crazy because he has never been found, and, you know, people still try to find him, and they were never found, he was never found, which is so crazy. I'm excited today to be talking about this on my podcast, because I've been wanting to talk about this guy, I just haven't got around to it, and today is, is the day uh, to talk about him. So let's get started. Here, let's. I'm in his biography, and uh, we'll see what this is all about. It says right here: In 1968 and 69, the Zodiac Killer attacked seven people in four different Northern California locations. His first three targets were uh, couples in, in secluded areas. Two of these people survived. His last known victim was a taxi driver killed on October 11th, 1969, in San Francisco. During and after his killing spree, Zodiac received attention and spread fear as he shared ciphers, letters, information, and threats with the authorities and the public. No murder has been officially linked to the Zodiac Killer since October 1969, but the unsolved case continues to fascinate. That is crazy. Okay. The Zodiac Killer murdered five people in under a year. Though the Zodiac Killer may be responsible for other crimes, there are five murders and two attempt murders officially attributed to him. On December 20th, 1968, in Bian- Biancia, California, sorry, I couldn't say that, 17-year-old David uh, Faraday and 16-year-old Betty Lou Jensen were shot while parked in a, on a lover's lane during the first date. Police initially said had no idea a serial killer was responsible for this for these deaths therefore investigation followed more standard steps such as checking out jensen's ex-boyfriend jensen's best friend later told sf weekly all the detectives thought it had to be because of drugs they refused to hear anything else less than seven months later in the early mornings hour of july 5th 1969 Darlene Farron, 22, and Mike Magoo, 19, were shot multiple times while sitting in Farron's car at a Blue Rock Springs golf club in Vallejo, California. Farron was killed, but Magoo survived the wounds to his jaw, shoulder, and leg. Less than less an hour, less than an hour following the uh, the attack, Zodiac phoned the Vallejo Police Department to report the crime. During the call, he stated, I also, liked, I also liked those kids last year, a reference to Faraday and Jensen. On September 27, 1969, a 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard and a 20-year-old Brian Hartnell were having a picnic at a, at a lake Berisa, Berisa in Napa County. They were, they were approached by a man wearing a hood that bore a symbol of two intersecting lines in a cir- in a circle the man used a gun to threaten the sh- to threaten shepherd and hartnell tied them up then stabbed the pair damn freaking stabbed them both shepherd and hartnell were alive when help arrived shepherd ended up uh, succumbing to her wounds but hartnell recovered wow that's crazy so the girl died then wait who's who's who hartnell and both Shepard, wait, who, who, okay, Cecilia Shepard is a girl, okay, so Hartnell, he, he freaking, he was able to recover from the wounds, but the other, but the girl died, that's freaking crazy, 
Here, let's read this part. On October 11th, 1969, in the Francisco Zo uh, in San Francisco, Zodiac entered the cab of Paul Stein, 29, as a passenger. <clears throat> while, the, while in the taxi, Zodiac shot Stein in the head. Witness, witnesses saw uh, Stein's murder, so police were soon on the scene. The witness has had described the murder as white around 25 to 30 years old, wearing glasses and a sporting a crew cut. Police who assumed the killing was a robbery spotted a man matching this description. But a dispatcher had mistakenly told them the suspect was a black person. The man was allowed to leave and the Zodiac killer was not caught. Oh my gosh. So the dispatcher said the per this the killer was a black person what an idiot how the hell okay these people told them that he was a white guy no wait hold on yeah he was murder described as white around 25 to 30 years old wearing glasses and sporting a crew cut police who assumed the killing was a robbery spotted a man watching this description and the freaking that stupid dispatcher said that this person was black and so they let him go and so I wonder if the police officers ever saw how his face really looked but they do have a drawing of the Zodiac killer of how, how they think he looks and it says right here wanted San Francisco Police Department wanted for murder he, he looks crazy man original drawing and amended drawing Wow okay Zodiac would send letters to newspapers with cryptic clues. After his July 1969 attack, the Zodiac killer began to contact newspaper via letters that included details only the killer would know. And in addition to phoning the police after the murders he committed in July, he made a phone call confession, co confession to law enforcement in September. The Zodiac killer took responsibility for Steen's death. In a letter post uh, postmarked October 13, 1969, enclosing a piece of the driver's blooded, bloodied shirt, he also reached out to the police by phone several days following that crime. In a letter the San Francisco Examiner received on August 4, 1969, he wrote this: "Is a Zodiac speaking, marking his first his first use of the name Zodiac? That opening solution would." be repeated in many letters his message also often included a crosshair symbol which resembled the sight on a rifle the same symbol on a hood worn during his september 1969 attack zodiac seemed to enjoy the publicity he received he took steps to ensure mes messages were widely shared such as threatening to go on a kill on on the kill rampage unless a cipher was printed in the San Francisco Chronicles then issuing a separate threat to have a cipher published in the San Francisco Examiner in a letter postmarked November 9 6, 1969 he taunted his pursuer saying the police shall never catch me because I've been too clever for them this dude is freaking crazy man I can't believe they never caught this guy uh, where did I leave off read next okay uh, <clears throat> of Zodiac's four coded messages a married couple was able to solve the first cipher to reveal the Zodiac had written among other things I like killing people because it is so much fun 
Zodiac claimed he'd shared his identity in another coded message, yet despite decades of trying, no other Zodiac cipher has been officially solved. So here's like a drawing he pulled. Yeah, the drawing he put, it says right, it was, it says right, it has numbers on the top. It says like 1647710. It says, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver. I can't even read that. What does that say? I don't know. Something by Washington Street, 4th Maple Street. Last last night to prove this, Hove is... Do you mean here is... Yeah, here. It looks like an O, but here is a blood-stained piece of his shirt. I on... This dude writes so weird, man. I am the same man who died in... Who did in the people in the fourth day. I can't read this. It's His writing is like so weird. I can't read it. It's like uh, other letters that he has. Uh, makes it look like an E or an O. And just real confusing to write. But if you guys want to look at look at this. the Just type in on, the, uh, on Google. Zodiac Killer Biography. And you know. Just click the first link and it'll show everything here. It's pretty amazing. Zodiac went silent for almost three years. <clears throat> the letter Zodiac sent taking responsibility for Steen's murder also declared school children make nice targets. I think I shall I shall wipe wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tire, then pick off the kitties as they come out bouncing up. The threat was published on October 17th, 1969, the, uh, and resulted in heightened fears and a greater police presence. Officers guarded buses, helicopters kept watch from above, and curfews were put into effect in several countries counties. Some parents opted to keep their children home from school entirely. In 1969, Zodiac was consi- consistently front page news while the knowledge that an unhinged serial killer was on the loose terrified the public. People rushed to call tip lines with slightest information overwhelming the police. Among letters that came in 1970 were threats to bomb a school bus and or- and orders for residents of San Francisco to wear bottoms uh, buttons with the crosshair zodiac symbol. Wait, so he threatened to bomb a school bus and orders residents of San Francisco to wear buttons with the crosshair zodiac symbol. I wonder if these people really did that. Uh, everyone's fearing just for one man. That's so. That, that would be scary, you know, living around that time. Knowing someone is out murdering people and you don't even know who it is. Zodiac letters and notes include including one declaring that each new victim meant the more slaves I will collect for my afterlife arrive until March 19 March 1971 then Zodiac went silent until January 29 1974 when he sent a new letter that noted me 37 SF San Francisco Police Department zero this was seen as a claim he he'd taken 37 lives a few more letters and postcards arrived that year there was a silence again until 1978 when a letter uh, pur- purportedly from Zodiac was sent to the San Francisco Chronicle. 
However, the legitimacy, I can't say that word, oh my gosh, of the letter was questioned <clears throat> as the handwriting and tone differed from earlier Zodiac communications. In addition, the discovery that that year that a San Francisco detective had faked letters to the editor praising his own work on the case made some uh, wonder if the detective had also falsified the Zodiac letters, something the detective and San Francisco police denied. The authenticity of the 1978 letter has not been confirmed. So, were they making fake letters? Here, let me read back on that. Uh, in addition, the discovery that the in addition to the discovery that year that a San Francisco detective had faked letters to the editor praising his own work on the case made some wonder if the detective had also falsified the Zodiac letter. Oh, so they did. Why would this dude make some fake letters? I wonder if he got taken in for questioning, you know, after he started doing that. That's weird. <clears throat> And it shows, like, a picture of some letters, like, uh, it looks like a cro crossword puzzle, crossword puzzle, and, uh, but it just looks like a bunch of, you know, it has a little crosshair, and it has, like, a L, like, a lot of L's and triangles and squares. It's, sorry I haven't written, but I just, I just washed my pen. I would really like to decipher this. I would like to see what I could find. I can't believe no one has deciphered this at all yet. And it's 2020 and nobody has done anything yet. That is something else right there. Um, there are theories that the Zodiac Killer eventually stopped killing. Though he'd claimed to, to be responsible for 37 deaths, no Zodiac victims have been discovered since 1969. Did he stop killing? Popular culture often dis, uh, depicts serial killers as operating under irresistible compulsions, but under that, under certain uh, circumstances, they can refrain from murder. The FBI, uh, the FBI's National Center for the Analysts, an Analysts of Violent Crime, has noted that serial killers may not may stop if something changes in their lives. Perhaps coming so close to getting caught on the night of Steen's murder scared the Zodiac into a, a safer path. Another possibility is that the terror he for, uh, fomented in the public served as a sub substitute for killing. In addition, simply growing older made dampen predatory impulses. A physiology professor who wrote a book about the, about Zodiac has Poseided that the murderer may have recovered from this <laughs> all these freaking words man I'm, I'm so dyslexic <laughs> identity disorder otherwise known as multiple personalities with recovery came an end to his desire to kill it's also possible Zodiac stopped taking lives for a reason outside his control, such as institu institutional motherfucker <laughs> incarceration for his own death, or perhaps Zodiac continued to hunt victims, but in a different way. 
A letter postmarked November 12, 1969 had threatened, I shall no longer announce to, uh, to anyone when I commit my murders. They shall look like routine robberies, killings of, of anger, and a few fake accidents acts. Without knowing the killer, it's impossible to be certain whether his violence ceased. Zodiac has never been identified. Both members of law enforcement and amateur sleuths continue to track the Zodiac killer. Their work relies on the original investigations handled separately by law enforcement in Vallejo, Napa County, and San Francisco. The case was not under federal jurisdiction, though. The FBI provided support for analyzing handwriting, fingerprints, and decoding Zodiac messages. Well, the FBI kind of sucks because they haven't, you know, decoded... Uh, one letter over the over over the years more than 2500 suspects were considered ranging as far as airfield i mean a field as uh unabomber ted whatever the last name is a search warrant was executed for one prime suspect arthur lee allen but no uh no def definitive evidence was discovered in it was discovered in addition, Allen's fingerprints did not match uh, prints from the Steen's taxi in 2002. DNA pulled uh, from a Zodiac scent stamp did not match Allen's, match Allen's. However, the DNA sample was small and the result somewhat inconclusive. Pulse, plus, Allen often had other people's lick stamps for him. Today's more advanced DNA techniques offer the tantalizing possibilities of def definitive answers regarding who the Zodiac is or was, but police in the 1960s and 70s had no idea that DNA analysis would arrive on the scene. Therefore, some evidence was mi mishandled or the chain of cust custody was broken, and pieces of evidence remained spread across various law enforcement agencies. In short, few things are available to analyze. But in 2018, Vallejo Police Department announced plans to submit one evidence to their possession for up-to-date DNA testing. A full DNA profile would make, make it possible to search open-source ge genealogy database for a match. Another California killer, the Golden State Killer, was apprehended in 2018 thanks to, the, to this approach, but the case of the Zodiac Killer uh, no results have been reported thus far. So that's that's crazy. They they have not found this dude at all, and he's. I wonder how how old is he? I I've been hearing that maybe uh was it Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer? That's what I hear. That's that's what I hear everyone saying or people you know making memes saying the Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. Here, let me put up a picture of Ted Cruz. I need to see how he looks. I haven't seen I haven't seen how he looks in a while. Uh, Ted Cruz. I type slow. Leave me alone. Okay. So they're saying that he is a Zodiac killer. He doesn't look that old. And what year was the Zodiac killer stopped? Uh, let me go back. Um. silence in January 1974 so I think he should probably be around 80 years old maybe I think he's probably around 80 something years old 
right now. <laughs> and they say, I think they're just, you know, making fun of Ted Cruz or whatnot. But let's look it up. Let's see what Google has to say about Ted Cruz being a Zodiac killer. Uh, Zodiac killer. Okay, yeah, it was just a meme. Well, you know what? Actually, people are people are actually matching the photos together of, you know, Ted Cruz and the Zodiac Killer. It looks very similar. Making a murder. What the hell? That is so damn crazy, dude. That Ted Cruz and the Zodiac Killer do look alike. The drawing they have from the Zodiac Killer with the Ted Cruz face today, it looks the same. There's this one post right here. It says, God of Thunder. Is Ted Cruz the Zodiac Killer? And then he puts two laughing faces. But it just, it's, you know, it looks real. It's crazy. You guys should check it out. See how it looks for yourself. Let me back, back out from this real quick. Uh, the meme Wikipedia. Oh, that's so much to read. I can't read all that right now. <laughs> But yeah, the the Zodiac killer the Zodiac killer was never found, and he has this freaking uh, letter that's never been decoded. I don't know if you guys want to check it out, see if you could decode it yourself. But it says, yeah, it said, sorry, I haven't written, but I just washed my pen. You know, it shows a picture of his pen. It's dripping, and it shows uh, the little crosshair with a circle on it. But in all, it looks like a crossword puzzle. It has like the it starts with the letter H E R, and then has that um. I don't know what the hell you call it. It's, it looks like a mouth, but it's po it's pointing to the left. I'm gonna try to decipher this tonight. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try at least. I'm gonna look up how to decipher first, <laughs> and uh, and then try it myself. Um. But that's so crazy. What do you guys think of the Zodiac Killer? Just leave me a, leave me a message and you know tell me what you think of this of this guy. Uh, I think I might talk about yeah. This space remains for recording. How far have let me see how far I recorded already. It doesn't show. Uh, where's my recording? Oh, 22 minutes. Whoa, that's not long at all. Okay, good thing I put up another biography. And I wanted to talk about, I was trying to save this for maybe tomorrow's podcast, but I guess I could talk about this guy and, and uh, tomorrow we'll talk about something else. Uh, this one's the Golden State Killer. This is uh, right here. The Golden State Killer was a serial rapist turned serial killer who terrorized Californians in the 1970s and 80s. The killer was at large for decades until DNA evidence led to the arrest of Joseph D'Angelo in 2018, who pleaded guilty in June 2020. Who is the Golden State Killer? The Golden State Killer is responsible for a series of burglaries, rapes, and murders that took place across California in the 1970s and 80s. From 1976 to 1979, more than 40 rapes in Northern California were attributed to an, an a, a silent, can't say that, fuck, dude, called the East Area Rapist. In Southern California, between 1979 and 1986, a serial killer who was dubbed the original Night Stalker 
took the lives of 10 people in 2001. DNA analysis revealed that these rapes and murders had been committed by the same perpetrator, perpetrator, whatever you call it, whom crime writer Michelle McNamara uh, labeled the Golden State Killer in 2018, Joseph D'Angelo. A former police officer was arrested and charged with 13 murders and other crimes linked to the Golden State Killer in June 2020. D'Angelo pleaded guilty in August. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Why the hell did they send him life in prison, man? They should have just killed him. They should have just freaking put the damn metal hat and just electrocuted him. He's a freaking killer. Okay, where did I leave off? As he sent slow. Okay, there we go. Crimes. Before he became a rapist and a murderer, the Golden State Killer was responsible for a series of burglaries in the northern California city of Veselia. In 1974 through 75, the Veselia ransacker took small trophies from the homes he broke into and also spent time going through women's underwear drawers in 1975. The ransacker attempted to kidnap a teen teenage girl. Her father intervened and was killed. Wow. Father said stood no chance. Freaking got killed. I guess he overpowered him. Or just stabbed him. In June 1976, the first report, the reported rape that was, uh, that has been linked to the Golden State Killer took place in Sac Sacramento County. This attack was followed by more assaults in the eastern part of Sacramento County. And at this point in his criminal career, the Golden State Killer came to be known as the East Area Rapist. He would assault more than four, 40 women in the Northern California between 1976 and 1979. During these, during these crimes, the Golden State Killer often spent hours in victims' homes, sometimes taking breaks from, a, from the assaults to eat or cry. <laughs> he would eat. He would eat or cry. I think I, I think I was watching a YouTube video about the Golden State Killer. I was at work, and I barely got into my hometown, so I had to turn it off. And I turned it off at one point where he broke into this uh, woman's house with the child. He, I think he raped the woman, and he, you know, he gagged the, the woman and child. He put, like, a, a cloth in their mouth, and he went back into the room, and the, the mom was tied up. And, you know, uh, and I think she was a... She was like in the army or something. Now she's like a general. Don't mistake me, but I mean, don't take my word. But that, that's that's what I was watching the video. I can't, just can't remember about it. Um, she was tied up, and it this all happened early in the morning, and uh, like around six in the morning, five six in the morning, right when the husband took off to work, he freaking she was in the room. I guess the door was unlocked, and all she saw was a flashlight. And then she got up and she saw some guy running towards her and freaking tied her up and tied both of them up and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, and then after he tied him up, he left somewhere in the house and he came back and pulled the woman's, you know, drawers down and I, and you know, she got raped. And after that, he went to the kitchen and I think he was making a, a, a pot roast and he never got, he never got to eat it because I think he got arrested. Here, let me read this part. I think this is the, the part that I'm talking about. During these crimes, the Golden State Killer often spent hours in the victim's home, sometimes taking breaks from the assault to eat or cry. He also stole personal items such as jewelry or photographs. Initially, he targeted women and, and girls. 
Two of his victims were just 13 who were alone with or with children. But by 1977, he was attack he was attacking couples. He would often break into a house, have a female victim tie up her male partner and place dishes on the bound man's on the bound man's back. The rapist would warn that he'd kill the couple if these items fell. Then would go on to assault his female victim. Some some victims were later taunted by phone calls from their assailants. So, so he would he would keep calling back, and he would not leave the the people that were assaulted by him. He would leave, and he just kept assaulting them, like you know, calling them, calling them, calling them, not leaving them alone, saying that, saying uh, like you know, I'm gonna kill you, bitch, and stuff like that. That's that's what he was saying. Uh, here, let's move on to the next part. Attacks by the Golden State Killer were often preceded by hang-up phone calls. He seemed to uh, survive surveil houses, usually single-story homes, and neighborhoods to get to get a to get a feel for his targets before acting. As rapes continued, terrorized residents in San Sacramento area went on high alert, buying new locks and arms, arming themselves. An officer on the case later said. The fear in the community was like something I had never seen before. People were afraid wherever they went. In 1977, the Golden State Killer raped a victim in Stockton outside Sacramento. He soon went after victims in uh, Modesto, San Jose, and Contra Costa County. In 1978, he shot and killed a Sacramento County, a Sacramento County couple who'd been walking their dog after 19 wait they he just straight up killed them was it daylight or nighttime he killed him when they were just walking their dog i wonder if he killed the dog too man that's messed up i have my dog i love my dog to death and my cat <laughs> after 1979 the serial rapes in northern california ceased but by by late 1979 the golden state killer was targeting people in southern california he continued to rape female victims, then brutally murdered them and their male partners, if present. Ten people, four heterosexual couples, and two individual women were killed by a Golden State Killer in Santa Barbara, uh, Ventura. Wait, were killed by Golden State Killer in Santa Barbara, Ventura, and Orange Counties between 1979 and 1986. Pursuing the Golden State Killer. Attacks by the Golden State Killer were linked by similarities, oh, fuck, dude. such as the rape, such as the rapist usually wearing a ski mask, and trying his victim's hands. Wait, oh, tying. I was like trying his victim's hands. Like what the hell? I thought he he cut off the hands and freaking put them on. I, I, I read it wrong. Wearing a ski mask and tying his victim's hands. Police believed they were looking for a young white male who wore a size 9 shoe, stood about 5 feet 9 inches tall, and had military or law enforcement training. However, DNA analysis wasn't available to track suspects or even conf to confirm that one man was responsible for these crimes. The Golden State Killer's Southern California murders took place in a different jurisdiction, so it took time to link these killings. One slang was initially attributed to the <clears throat> Diamond Knot Killer, 
because of the where the diamond not killer. I might search that one up right now if I have all this time left. Let me copy that. Okay, attributed to diamond knot killer because of the uh, intricate knots found in on the murderous pair. The Creek Killer was said to be responsible for deaths of two couples in Golita near Santa Barbara. Some who pursued the Golden State Killer wondered if their criminal and es had escalated into serial serial murder. But these suspicious these suspicions didn't result in an official avenue of investigation. Similarities between the killings in Southern California eventually led investigators to group them together. <clears throat> They called their suspect the original Night Stalker to distinguish him from the Night Stalker, another California ki serial killer. Although many departments who'd investigated the Golden State Killer had destroyed evidence after the statute statu statu of limitations for rape, just three years in the 1970 expired. Enough remained available for DNA analysis to confirm in 2001 that the East Area Rapists and the original Night Stalker were the same man. Around 2011, crime writer McNamara dubbed the still-at-large murderer and rapist the Golden State Killer. In June 2016, 40 years after the first known assault by the Golden State Killer, the FBI and the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office offered a 50000 reward for the help of the investigation dude man i can't believe people did not take that many so i guess the f the f the was it the fbi or the police whoever they found that out i guess themselves so that fifty thousand dollar was never rewarded to anybody and uh so i guess i kept to keep all that money <clears throat> so this dude was man this dude was killing people he was a cop and he was act. He was a killer, so he already knew how to do stuff because he was thinking, you know, he he was thinking like a cop when he was doing his, you know, mur murdering and all that. So he he was pretty good at hiding his traces, uh, but not not too good because he got caught. All right, suspect Joseph D'Angelo. D'Angelo served as a police officer in two different Northern California communities between 1973 and 1979. He left the force after he was arrested for shoplifting a hammer and a dog and dog repellent in 1979. Joseph James D'Angelo was born in Bath, New York on November 8, 1945. He spent some some of his childhood in Sacramento area, served in Viet Vietnam in the US Navy and studied criminal justice at California State University, Sacramento. He was once engaged to a woman named Bonnie, a name, a name one victim of the Golden State Killer remembered him crying about. He married another woman with whom he had three daughters before the relationship ended in divorce. D'Angelo worked as a supermarket distribution center as a mechanic for 27 years. He retired in 2017. Also, he wasn't a cop the whole time. He was a cop for a few years, and I guess, you know, he worked as a mechanic for 27 years and the people he worked with never you know suspected nothing he never acted weird just imagine you talking to a killer and he has a straight face and you don't even know that he's a killer i don't know how these people could just you know make a straight face like that and 
it doesn't phase him. It's crazy. Uh, on April 24, 2018, the 72-year-old D'Angelo was arrested. <clears throat> D'Angelo was charged with 13 murders and 13 counts of kidnapping for purposes of robbery. He could not be charged with any rapes as the stat statute of limitations had expired for those crimes. In March 2020, D'Angelo offered a pled guilty in exchange for a life sentence. Prosecutors initially turned down the deal as they went, they wanted to seek the death penalty. You can see they did want to kill him. Uh, he was trying to get out. He was trying to get out the easy way because he was trying to plead guilty for exchange for a life sentence. What an idiot! But in June 2020, news reports stated that an arrangement had been reached for D'Angelo and spared a death sentence in exchange for pleading guilty. Whoa, this guy's dumb. They should have just killed him, man. Wow. Uh, on June 20, 29, 2020, D'Angelo pleaded guilty to all 26 charges and sentenced to life in prison without parole. In August, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Did I read that part? I guess I did. In the media, McNamara, McNamara Namara wrote online and for Los Angeles Magazine about the Golden State Killer, which brought more attention to the, to the then unsolved crimes. In addition to her writings, McNamara was one of many civilian sleuths who tried to track down the killer and rapist. She authored a book about the case and in investigative journeys, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. McNamara died from an accidental overdose in 2016 before her book was finished, but her husband, actor Patton Oswalt, oversaw its completion. It became a, a bestseller after it was published in February 2018. Wow, she freaking overdosed? Of what? What kind of drugs was she taking? Uh, a 2020 documentary, also called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, was based on McNamara's search for the killer. Fact checked. We strive for accuracy and fairness. If you see something that doesn't look right, oh, whatever. Okay. Oh, so that was it. Okay. Uh, oh, so snap! It shows all these other killers right here. It shows all these other killers: like Arthur Showcross, and you know, it shows Ted Bundy, Kenneth Bianchi, whatever his name is, Samuel Little, Israel Keys. I don't know how people could turn to killers. Like, imagine them being young, being teenagers, and and what they go through to become killers. You know, like uh, like imagine them going to school or high school. Like, I wonder what they what went through their heads just for them to be killers. They probably just weren't all there, maybe, or. Or they say how all killers start out, they kill animals, which I don't know if that's true, but I guess that's what they say. So they finally caught the Golden State Killer, so now he's he's in jail. He should have been executed, <clears throat> but they didn't because they're stupid and idiots. So here, let's, let's paste this guy in right here, the Diamond Knot Killer. I want to know about this dude. Let's go to his biography. Uh, 
Wikipedia. Oh wait, is he the same person? Diamond Not Killer biography. <clears throat> I guess he is the same person. Ah oh, man, I thought I was gonna look for someone else. It's just it shows yeah it shows this guy. Oh look, it shows pictures of him when he was young as well. Man, I wish I could show you guys this, but look, he looks like a regular police officer. It looks like he looks like there's nothing wrong with him. He looks just like a regular person. That is so freaking crazy, dude. Wow. So yeah, like all these stories. Just imagine these killers are out here, and there there's always more killers out there, and there's new ones being made as well that are freaking gonna kill. Like I don't know, if you guys heard about the. Uh, the Japanese woods here. Let me look that up real quick. The Japanese some some woods in Japan. Here, look. Woods. Uh, suicide. I want to read about this as well. Inside Japan. Oh, suicide forest. That's what it's called. Ayukugua. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, no, I don't feel like reading the Wikipedia because it is weird. So we'll see somewhere else. A suicide forest. Let's type that down. Oh, yeah, it also shows Logan Paul. This dude was dumb, man. Like, he was over here making uh, videos and jokes about people he was next to a dead body hanging and he was over here laughing next to it recording it this dude was stupid I don't know how the hell they you know he got back up and running after that oh look here it is I hope this is a good one to read <clears throat> okay oh that's crazy it, it shows like uh, this picture shows a bunch of you know shoes and stuff that are just left there from people I feel sorry for these man I wonder what went through the head when they uh, you know want to go suicide it's crazy uh, I am walking through I I can't say that word Akogira Jukia Forest the light rapidly fading on on a midwinter afternoon when I am stopped dead in my tracks by a blood curdling scream <clears throat> The natural reaction would be to run, but the forest floor is a maze of roots and slippery rocks, and truth be told, I am lost in this vast in this vast woodland, whose name in part translates as Sea of Trees. Inexplicably, I find myself moving towards the sound, searching for signs of life. Instead, I find death. The source of that scream remains a mystery as cross a clear as across a clearing I see what it looks like a pile of clothes but I approach but as I approach it becomes apparent it's more than just clothes I've spotted in a small hollow just below a tree uh, and curled up like a baby on a stick on a thick bed of dead leaves lies a man 
His thinning gray hairs matted, acro uh, matted across his balding cranium. His pasty upper torso and shirtless, while his legs are covered only by black long johns, with blue striped boxers sticking out above the waistband, and a pair of woolly socks. <clears throat> Under his bent legs, a pair of slacks, a white shirt, and a jacket have been spread out as cushion. At his final resting place, scattered around innumerable documents, a briefcase, and other remnants of former life. Nearer to him are items more closely related to his demise. Empty packet of prescription pills, beer cans, and bottle of liquor. Se seemingly, this man, who looks to be in his mid-fifties, had drawn his last breath before I heard that unsourced chilling cry that I came across a body in the forest was a shock but not a surprise for half a century thousands of life weary Japanese have made one-way trips to this sprawling 30 square tract of woodland Yamashi uh, prefecture on the north flank of 3776 meter Mount Fuji the, the nation's highest peak it's a dark place of stark beauty long associated with demons in Japan mythology and more and one that has earned itself a unfortunate appellation of suicide force. Evidence of such pilgrim pilgrimage is strewn amid in dense undergrowth. Four pairs of moss covered shoes are lined up in a gnarled root of a tree. Two adult-sized pairs and two children pairs. Wow, they even took and killed children too. So I guess when the adults killed themselves, maybe they killed their children. Ugh. Further on, there's an envelope of photos. One showing a young man, another two small children dressed in colorful kimonos and elementary school uniforms. Together with the photo, there are a typed note to hide. Most likely the name of a man. <clears throat> Including the final stanza of Song of the Open World, Walt Whiteman poem from 1900s that came with the line, Shall we stick by each other as long as we live? Nobody can exactly know how that, that line was answered. There was no signs of li sign of life, no sign of human remains. Local police suggested wild animals often get corpses before they do. So clouding the issue of exactly how many achieved their goal and ended all here. Nonetheless, bodies are frequently discovered in monthly sweeps coordinated by the police and local volunteer firemen. As they move around the forest, these searchers have color-coded plastic tape strung between trees to mark where they have searched and where they have found items or bodies or some sometimes simply to mark the way back to civilize to this Sylvan maze out of the Sylvan maze altogether police records shows that 274 people made suicide attempts in the forest in 2010 54 of them successfully oh wow so 247 people tried to kill themselves but didn't but 54 of them really did kill themselves well Local officials and residents believe that numbers could be significantly higher. 
there are people who come here to end their lives in the something something I can't say that name mountain but uncertain as where as to where exactly the forest is kill them kill themselves and neighboring woodland said Masa Masamichi Watanabe chief of Fujiko fire department <clears throat> that covers this area even so his officers still recovered an annual average of 100 people from the forest in various states of con consciousness including an increasing number of try to take their lives by inhaling toxic gas in their cars either from exhaust or charcoal burners they bring with them what is certain though is that numbers continue to rise each year watanabe added this is also a nationwide in january a national police agency reported indi indicated that 31,690 people committed suicide in 2010 the 13th consecutive year in which the figure topped 30,000 in fact <clears throat> according to the world health organization data and suicide rate in japan is 25.8 per 100,000 people and the highest among developed nations and more than double of the of the united states i wonder what goes to the head i wonder, so more more japanese people suicide themselves more than the united states i wonder what you know what leads them to that point by the way guys if you guys are thinking of ever doing that please ask someone for help or call the help hotline you know you don't have to do that to yourself uh what i leave off at Nice is okay. Experts are quickly to point out the impact of the global financial crisis, especially since the world's third largest economy suffered its most severe contraction over 30 years in 2009. It is also believed that next year we'll see a further rise in suicides due to a magnitude 9 mega quake and tsunami that hit the Tohoku region in northern Japan on March 11. It's unlikely it is likely to have a huge influence said Yoshimaru Chao, director of the physics physics something department at Tokyo University. And they're using all these freaking Japanese names I can't pronounce, dude. <laughs> And author of the book titled Hiro Wanazi Jatsusoru Nuka. Why do people commit suicide? Already there have been several suicides related relatives of disaster victims while long-term effects of life and evacuation shelters may also lead to depression thus directly or indirectly to further suicides chow added it is not regular depression but also clinical depression due to the stress caused by the reality of circumstances he said depression is huge risk factor when it comes to suicide according to npa reports A major suicide trigger in 2010 was depression, and some and some 57% of all the suicide victims were out of work when they died. Among those, men in the 50s were most numerous, though men in the 30s and 40s have been uh, demographic demographic showing the biggest percentage increase in the past few years. This generation has a lot of difficulty finding permanent jobs and instead people take on temp work that is unstable and cause great anxiety. Ex executive oh it says another freaking name. Uh, executive director of Inichu Undenwa 
Lifeline, a volunteer telephone counseling service that last year filled nearly 70,000 calls from people contemplating suicide. Callers frequently cite mental health and family problems as the reason for contemplating suicide, said uh, Saito said. But behind that, other issues such as financial problems or losing their jobs. Although financial worries are undoubtedly major drivers of modern-day suicide, other other unique cultural and historical factor also seems to play a part. In some countries, suicide is illegal, or at least largely unacceptable on religious or other moral grounds. But in Japan, there is no such stigma. Hold on, let me move this notification. Uh, where, okay, left off right here. Throughout J- Japan history, suicide has never been prohibited on religious or moral grounds, said Chow. Also, apart from from on two specific specify spec specify I can't specification there you go I couldn't even say it specification in the Meiji era 1868 or 1912 suicide has never been declared illegal lifeline uh, site to occurred saying suicide is quite uh, permissible in J- in Japanese society something honorable that is even glorified talking responsibility <clears throat> he observed Japan is also Japan is Japan is also subject to suicide fads and another name I can't say <laughs> 1961 novel Nami no Tu Tower of Waves started a trend of her a, a trend for love vaxxed couples and then jobless people to commit suicide in the forest the book which this year posts the 50th anniversary concludes with its beautiful heroine who is involved in the society unacceptable relationship heading into the forest and end her life. In fact, the suicide trend, the forest peaked in 2004 when Yamanashi Prefectural Police figures show 108 people killed themselves there. In recent years, local authorities have implemented measures to try and reduce that toll, including sitting security, setting security cameras at the main entrance of the forest and carrying out round-the-clock patrols. At the entrance, there are also signs that read, Think carefully about your children, your family. Below them is a phone number of a volunteer group headed by lawyers specializing in depth device, and depth is a common suicide trigger. This sign were erected by a 38-year-old Toyoki Yashida who himself attempted to suicide due to debt. He blames Japan's money lending systems in which the government has now reformed to a degree. As things stood, Yoshida said major banks would provide loans to loan sharks at 2% interest and then the uh, is sharks would loan to people like me at 29.2%. But despite the reform, it's not. It's still not hard to amass crippling debts in this country. Vigilant shopkeepers also pay, play a role in the prevention effort. Haido Watanabe, 64, whose like side cafe faces the entrance of the forest, said that he saved around 160 people over the past 30 years. Most people who come to this area for pleasure do so in groups, he said. So if I see someone on their own, I will go and talk to them. 
After a few basic questions, it's usually not so difficult to tell which one might be on, on a suicide mission. One, uh, on one occasion, he said a young woman who had tried to kill herself walked past the store. She had tried to hang herself and failed to uh, tried to hang herself and failed. She had part of the rope around her neck and her eyes were almost popping out ugh, of her of their sockets. Oh, that's freaking probably ugly to see. <laughs> I took her inside, made her some tea and called an ambulance. A few kind words can go a long way. Shaozen Yamashati a priest who conducted Buddhist rites in the forest to pray for the repose of thousands of people who have died there over the years. Agreed adding that the lack of support network in Japan is the main cause of the ever increasing suicide rate. They have no one to talk to, no one to share the pain, the suffering, she, he said. So they think if I take my life, I can escape the, this misery. We conduct these rites in order to ponder how we might help make a world that is free of such suffering. So, when people when people do this to themselves, man, like I wonder what they go through in their head. You know, like why like debt would really make them suicide. Having debt is is it's pretty big, but if I were ever in debt. That's the last thing I would ever see, you know, want me to suicide of death. Um, I guess some people are just, I don't know, I, I guess they have too much stuff going on in their lives and they just want to end it and that misery and stuff. So, I hope I hope this, you know, this suicide stops happening in this forest. I know, I know it's been happening still and... Like I said, Logan Paul, when he went in there, he saw like a hanging body and he's videoing it on YouTube. And he, I think he just blurred the background a little bit. He just blurred it out. But he got a lot of backlash from that, a lot. And he made a video, uh, an apology video, that he's never going to do that again and that he's going to change the way of how he makes YouTube videos. Nizu still probably makes it. He, I, I, oh, snap, I dropped it. He still makes the same videos. I mean, he, he's getting into some bo boxing fights with KSI and stuff. Kind of whack. But, you know, and then he's going to fight Mayweather. Like, what the hell? How is he going to jump from KSI to Mayweather? Like, I can't wait to see this dude lose. He's going to freaking get he's gonna get knocked out by Mayweather, man. Mayweather's over here with the, he got some hands. Um but I seen some videos of Logan Paul when he, you know, when he went to Japan, he was disrespectful over there. He had he bought some fish, and he put it on the back of vehicles, thinking he was funny just for his YouTube video, trying to be funny and stuff. And I would have been I would have been mad if someone did that to me, especially Logan Paul, man, so disrespectful over there. Uh, but he he's got a lot of you know backlash from that, and I. I think he's probably changed up a little bit from, you know, from his old videos. But I had, I don't really watch his videos because I get so annoyed by him. Even his brother Jake Paul. Uh, but I, I hope he's not doing that kind of stuff no more, and you know, fix it up. But uh, let me see. I was gonna talk about something else, but it's almost my podcast is almost coming to an end, at the one hour mark. So. 
Let me see. Fuji Q Highland and what is this? Things to do in oh Mount Fuji. It has like other stuff. Let me see how Mount Fuji looks like. Wow, it looks so beautiful there. It's the skies are clear. It has those whatever those swans. See, Japan is somewhere I would love to visit. It looks so fun. And you know, I just want to be there. But yeah. Uh, let me see. But yeah, Ted, for Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz does look like the killer, man. He, look, he looks like the Zodiac killer, which is crazy. I'm going back on that. I'm just so fascinated because it looks the same. He has the same face and it's just funny that people make memes off of it and just make it like that. They also said that he looks like the guy, he looks like the guy from The Office. I don't know if you've ever seen The Office. i never seen The Office, but... Uh, he looks like the guy from the office and so someone was holding a picture and he was you know he was on a, I think he was on stage talking and then the guy got his attention and uh, Ted Cruz looked at the dude and the dude had a picture of the guy from the office and Ted Cruz just you know put his hands down and just like nodded with a smile I thought it was pr I thought it was pretty funny when I saw that but um but yeah I thank you guys for coming out, and I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. And uh, I'm going to release this one out today, and I'll be making another podcast tomorrow. So hope you guys stay tuned for the next podcast. And if you guys did enjoy this podcast, uh, you know, subscribe or leave me a five-star review or something. Or, um, leave a, a review of what part was your favorite part from the podcast. Uh, and, you know, just thank you guys for coming out. You guys are awesome. Stay cool. Peace out.